I think eventually that makes sense to do that, to expand the hours and the technologies out there. It seems like, you know, the electronic systems are already out there that could handle that. It's, it's going to, I think it's going to be slow to transition to it. And it's going to take a lot of thought of, well, what do you do where a certain industry depends on an opening price and closing price? How do you settle trades? You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at ibkrpodcasts.com. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to IBKR Podcasts. I'm your host, Jeff Praisman. It's my pleasure to welcome back the co-founders of Market Chameleon, Will McBride and Dimitri Pagamatic. Hey, guys. Welcome back. How are you? Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having us. Hey, Jeff. Great to uh, see you again. And thanks, as always, to, for having us. Oh, absolutely. It's always great to have you guys in the studio. It was great. We just wrapped up a great webinar with you guys on uh, market trading sessions, which we're going to discuss further in today's podcast. For our listeners, yep. links to the webinar will be available in the study notes here, too, so they can you know go check out the webinar after listening to the podcast if they like. Well, Dimitri, we're going to you know talk about different market sessions. And you know, for our listeners that may not know, there's actually five different trading sessions. Yep. Pre-market, the open cross, the regular, the closing cross, and the after hours. Can you guys run through what each of them are and sort of like a brief explanation of kind of a definition for each one of those five sessions? During the day when we look at the total volume, we could slice it and dice it in many different ways. And one of them is to look at the different trading sessions. And the, the trading sessions, like you mentioned, there are five different trading sessions. They have different rules in place they have different matching engines, even different participants who may participate in one session and not the other. And we'll discuss some of those. The trading sessions are the pre-market, the opening cross, which is a single price auction. Then we have the regular trading hours. We have the closing cross, which is another single price auction. And then we have the after hours trading. If we Look at all the uh, trading sessions. The two busiest ones out of them, of course, the regular trading session, the closing cross, that's that's the second biggest liquidity event of the day. And the reason for that is that there are entire strategies based on the closing price. There are instruments like mutual funds that base their net asset values. Um, there are units that you could redeem or create and those are all based on the closing price. And that's a special order type. And we see a big liquidity event usually at the end of the day. We have the pre-market trading, and that starts prior to 9.30, from 4 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. You usually see a pickup in the volume that is correlated with the news cycle. So once we get into the news cycle, we get press releases for companies. We also get economic events released prior to the open, and you'll start to see a pickup in the volume there. We're talking about the equity markets, not the option markets in this podcast. Yes, exactly. Right. We're talking about the equity markets. So, you, you know, you touched on, you know, why there are so many sessions, not just one longer one. And you kind of briefly mentioned maybe the mutual funds, but why would a, a trader 
you know, participate in certain sessions and possibly not another one on a regular basis. You know, obviously the mutual funds are, are you know, you define the fact that they're they're basing their closing, their prices, their nav on that. But just let's just say, let's take them out of the picture. They have a very specific reason for doing it. Are there tr- traders that really only concentrate on one or two of the different type of sessions? And what would that reasoning be? Yeah. So in a pre-market, what we see is that the traders are very active. You don't have passive trading in the pre-market. So you know, you're, you don't have people who are trying to buy stocks in their IRAs or pension funds. It's really the active trader who is reacting usually to some kind of a data point, you know, either news or something is going on that they want to trade before the market opens, right? They're they're ready to trade. They they have their systems in place. They're approved for pre-market trading. They understand the risks that it's less liquid and they they want that speed, right? They want to be able to go and react to that news even before the market opens. Then there are other traders who have strategies in place and they only use the regular trading hours. Sometimes it could be a VWAP order and the VWAP order follows the day's VWAP. It tries to either do better than the VWAP or replicate the VWAP. So those order types will only occur during the regular trading hours. In the pre-market, it's too liquid. You know, you can't really put that order type in. Also, you have pegged orders that depend on liquid markets, and those are happening during regular trading hours. It's not really reacting to a specific news event, it's more reacting to some kind of a a model, a mean reversion model or a correlation model. So it depends on really what you're trying to achieve. Certain trading sessions, you know, you you can accomplish some stuff, other trading sessions you can't. And to kind of touch on something you mentioned with the sort of the pre-market, and I would assume the, you know, after hours too, it seems like news or events are a large driver for that volume. Yes. I mean, maybe some people trade them all the time, but it sounds like whether it's an earnings event, which would be, you know, obviously stock specific or, or maybe even industry specific and other industries, be, you know, other stocks be following suit of say like a big mover there, or maybe a, you know, right. a massive economic event or a political event, or even something stock specific. Like let's just say you take a drug stock and the FDA approves a drug after hours, all of a sudden that stock, when probably maybe doesn't normally trade at all outside of regular trading hours, all of a sudden now people are very interested in it because it's moved, you know, something's been approved and it's moved 50% or something. So exactly. is that is it safe to say that really a large portion of those pre-market or after hours is, you know, not all of it, obviously, but a large portion is sort of event-driven? Yes, it's, it's event-driven, news-driven. And because, and it gives us, some insights into that type of trader cohort, right? Because we could remove certain types of traders that are not participating in the pre-market or after hours. For example, we know options don't trade in a pre-market or after hours. They only trade during regular regular hours. So we know that this is not a spillover from an options trade. We know that passive orders, they're being executed during regular trading hours, pegged orders, VWAP orders, those are not going on in the pre-market or after hours. So we're looking at a certain type of trader cohort that's active, reacting to some specific news event, 
most likely, and how are they behaving, and what is their participation. And one of the things that we do is just keep track of those average volumes to see if the interest or the participation of traders is increasing or decreasing during those trading sessions and how they might be behaving. So for example, right now, we're looking at the pre-market trading and I could just see in the last 30 days, if we compare it to the previous 30 days, we see a drop off of 13% if of dollar notional value of trades. You know, so there's on average $5.2 billion worth of stock traded in a pre-market on an average daily volume. And we compare that to the previous 30 days of 6 billion. So we do see a drop off of 13%. And then we could slice and dice it a little bit further, and we see that most of that is coming from a big decrease in retail participation, which is down 20%. And then you could take those numbers and just start to make inferences of why might that be happening? You know, is it are retail investors feeling the inflation, the interest rate impact, and you know, their savings rates are going down? Is that impacting how they are trading in the stock market as well. But we do see a significant drop off in the last 30 days, especially in the retail participation. So you can really pull a lot of insight from the, from the metrics. It sounds like you can you not only pull it on a market basis, but also individual stock basis, and then also the type of client or customer, whether it's retail, whether it's professional, that's on their volume, how that's reacting to as well throughout different time periods. Right, exactly. And then we could check we could track those transactions and just get general insights of what's going on, trends, the transactions, if there is a shift in focus, and then we could compare those relative values as well to see if there's a, a shift from one industry to another and so forth. So that's how we keep track of those volumes and looking at the different trading sessions, you know, provides us some of those valuable insights because when you section them off you kind of can concentrate on a type of trader cohort and see how they're behaving we've sort of broken down between the five different sessions i really want to now focus on the session with the biggest volume the regular trading session the session that everyone knows you know within that session do you ever look at different time periods. So like instead of, you know, it's, it's obviously 9.30 to 4, it's the largest chunk of, of trading, but do you, are there volumes throughout different periods of the actual re regular trading session that can, can help provide valuable information? For the regular trading session, you also see, if, if we take a dis distribution of the volume, you'll see that the first hour is, looks much different than the second, third, and fourth, and then the last hour looks much different where we see the really big volumes in the first hour, last hour, then during the middle of the day, it drops off. So if we separate those, we could also just compare how the first hour looks relative to the first hour of the previous days. And in the first hour, what we'll see is a continuation of a reaction to news. Those people who are not trading in the pre-market hours, once we open up, they're putting in their orders and we see a big volume increase in the first hour. And in the last hour, we also see, see a big increase. And especially the last two minutes, 
they look a lot different than any other minutes during the trading day. And that's when we start seeing either unwinding of positions or strategies, or the last two minutes is when you could really rebalance your portfolios. Those last two minutes, the closing cross look a lot different than any other minutes that you picked throughout the day. We, we had mentioned earlier that this is, we're, we're specifically talking about the, you know, the equity markets, but you know, I, lo I love options. You guys love options. I got to ask the question and, yeah. I, and I know the CBOE offers a few products that trade, um, not quite around the clock, but they offer some equity index products that, that trade throughout the night, as well as the CME group, same thing with a few of their um, equity index options on futures as well that will offer you know nearly 24-hour trading. Do you see at some point the regular, for lack of a better word, equity option market kind of following suit and expanding their hours as well to kind of keep pace with the with the equity market yeah and i think that that's what they're experimenting with especially now you have the spx like you mentioned starting to trade options outside of regular trading hours and i think etfs now they go they'll go past four o'clock they'll trade a little bit further out and i do think that the industry wants to move that way but it's a little bit hard because we have this legacy system in place that to do that, you're going to potentially start breaking things, the way things are settled, the way, you know, we use reference prices for opening, closing, like we just mentioned, creating and redeeming units. And a lot of our rules are in place using those regular trading hours. So they did extend the pre-market and after hours to see how people would trade outside the outside those hours and you have the ability to trade in a pre-market and after hours but there are also you could see limitations if you're trading in the pre-market or after hours you don't have access to the full limit order book you know so if you place the limit order on a book and it's not designated to trade in the after hours you can't access those orders either so i think that the industry does want to move in that direction, but it may not be an easy switch without breaking things and changing a lot of rules. So it may be slower than we were hoping for. So it's more than just flipping a switch and saying we want to trade trade longer, that they have to keep in mind everything that's set up as far as uh, how the markets work prior to to just simply saying, hey, we want to we want to trade options till you know eight o'clock at night right now, and let's go for it. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't I don't think it would be that easy to do. Not not a the board. This has been great. I want to I want to finish up with the um, you know last question. I know Interactive Brokers is you know we're offering overnight trading from 8 p.m. to 3:50 a.m. and I think about 10,000 or so U.S. stocks and ETFs, and that's growing. Do you see the major exchanges following suit? And you think we are heading for 24-hour, you know, seven-day-a-week trading at some point down the road, as far as just for the equity markets themselves? Yeah, I think eventually that makes sense to do that, to expand the hours and the technologies out there. It seems like, you know, the electronic systems are already out there that could handle that. It's, it's going to, I think it's going to be slow to transition to it. And it's going to take a lot of thought of, well, what do you do where a certain industry depends on an opening price and closing price? How do you, how do you settle trades? A lot of things right now, kind of depend on those regular trading hours. And I do think that probably things like the SPX and 
and the VIX, we'll see if there's a lot of participation, you know, that will help. If there's a lot of interest in those extended hours, that'll probably help push other things. Yeah, if there's a need, they'll they'll make sure that they'll they'll cater to that need. Exactly. This has been great, Will Dimitri. And for our listeners, to see more educational material from Market Chameleon, go to ibkr.com, click on education, and in the top right, uh, IBKR Campus. Then click on our contributors and look for Market Chameleon. A reminder our listeners that all our podcasts can be found on our website under the Education tab, on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbeam, Google Podcasts, and Audible. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Jeff Praisman with Interactive Brokers. Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcasts.com. And if you're interested in learning more about Interactive Brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education material, such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry, or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary, seek professional advice. Options involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. For more information, read the characteristics and risks of standardized options, or ODD, which may be accessed through the link found in the show's notes or podcast description page. Futures are not suitable for all investors. The amount you may lose may be greater than your initial investment. Before trading futures, please read the CFTC Risk Disclosure. A copy and additional information are available at ivkr.com. Any discussion or mention of an ETF is not to be construed as recommendation, promotion, or solicitation. All investors should review and consider associated investment risks, charges, and expenses of the investment company or fund prior to investing. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, as necessary, seek professional advice. 